welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so uh, welcome to week five of our winter um, community group season. (laughs) We are in... We are in... uh, uh, our origin series talking about the fall still today uh and i am joined by our youth specialist curtis thompson hello with hello, no friends. p yeah no p in my last name fun, it's the scottish version fun fact we're actually re-recording the beginning here because yeah so we uh curtis made the comment that we didn't have pop filters that's right which are the things that you put in front of microphones that like soften hard letters like b's and d's and things like that bees like yeah, that okay? yeah 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 and um and but we don't have any so we put our sock took our socks we, off we didn't just <laughs> go right up the street to guitar center and get the ten dollar <laughs> pop filters we instead put our socks on the microphones <laughs> yeah and it, not only was it a little bit stinky yeah but uh but also, I think it affected the audio quality. So, yeah, we're sockless. So, well, actually, we're wearing our socks. I mean, I actually only have one on. I, I haven't put this back on yet. Mm. So, well. um, <laughs> so, so we are uh, this week in Genesis chapter 3 still. And um, I think the text that I have written at the top of the study guide doesn't go all the way through it. Maybe I just didn't change that for this week. We're going we're gonna to be going all through the, through the end of the chapter. That's what you need to know. And the way that I summarize the idea of the message is sin has serious consequences, but God provides protection and a promise to overcome it. See, that sentence would have been good with pop filters. Mm. God provides protection and a promise to overcome it. Yes. Unfortunate. Yeah. Maybe you'll forgive us. Yeah. 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 You want those pop filters. Uh, the, um, uh, the, the, uh, announcements are of course, uh, on the community ex- community's extras video. So if you're not showing the video, just make sure you um, mention the announcements. Is there anything in particular that we want to... I mean, I guess there's a bunch of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're mugging our neighbors. We got an Easter extravaganza coming up. Um, so make sure you have all your, like, your pun jokes in line. Like, that sounds excellent. Mm-hmm. No exceptions. That's right. Um, and then... Um, our Good Friday times and our Easter times. So, yeah. And then for our icebreaker, uh, following up on the challenge that we began last Wednesday at our outstanding worship night. Did you enjoy the worship night? Curtis? I did. It was a great time. It was yeah. good uh, being with the students. They were they were into it. That was really fun to see, you know, just multiple generations on fire for the Lord, you know. I brought my kids over and we ate your pizza. Oh, yeah. That's what uh, we, were, right. we were wondering. That's we right. had some missing ones. Yeah. Um uh yeah how how late were you here to that night probably like 10 yeah i heard people were here like late i i had kids with me so we had bedtimes so um and then um yeah so so it's is anyone doing uh anything special for lent so that would be no I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be a little bit more conscious uh conscious of my phone use that seems like a an easy one a perennial but, issue yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah just kind of giving that up oh uh during the night time mm. you know just just leaving it out of my room nighttime is for sleep yep and so so that's what i'm trying to do to focus up for 
I like to leave my phone in. across the room at nighttime, so I have to get up to wake mm. myself up in the morning. I like that. Yeah. Like For me, that. mine is actually similar. I'm only watching YouTube videos that have to do with stuff that I'm studying. Mm. So there's no recreational YouTube use for Oof. lunch for me. And that's tough because you watch one video you already, and then a half Well, hour. you already showed me a Star Wars clip today. So, oh, so you're already thrown you know, off. You're, yeah, uh. but it's, it, I make, it's not my phone. Okay. McClunky. Or my stuff, you know. Uh, I could watch. That might be the loophole I use. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey Curtis, Curtis you ever see this video? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, all right. So, so yeah. So that's the icebreaker. All right. Let's go into the study here. So, uh, we're starting at Genesis chapter three, and we'll pick it up at verse six. Would you like to read? Reading from the Reformation Study Bible. Oof. Yeah. That's right. Let yeah, us know right. if the reformers had any helpful thoughts on this stuff. I'm sure they were real quiet about Genesis 3. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So 6 through 13. Is that what it is? Yes, sir. All right. Let's give it a go. Um, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was uh, to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Uh, then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together uh, and made themselves loincloths. <clears throat> and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked and i hid myself he said who told you that you were naked have you eaten of the tree of which i commanded you not to eat the man said the woman whom you gave to be with me she gave me the fruit of the tree and i ate it then the lord god said to the woman what is this that you have done the woman said the serpent deceived me and i ate all right good job good job um, all right, let's talk about some of these questions then. What does this passage teach us about sin's effect on our lives? And we're so specifically fishing for two answers in particular <laughs> that I put a leader's note in here. But, you know, obviously, you know, people could get creative with it. But uh, I don't know. What do you think, Curtis? you see anything in here that uh, um, you might want to? You know, I was thinking hiding and blaming. Uh, yeah, um... I think something like that might be along the lines of what we're looking for. So, yeah. Um, so um, there is hiding from whom? Who, who are we hiding from? Hmm. We're hiding from God totally. and we're hiding from one another. Mm -hmm. So and that's kind of like a helpful ministry thing. I mean, everybody, all you community group leaders, you know, you lead these ministries um, that, you know, it's a, you definitely take this and be overly cynical with it. But um, you know that when you are talking to someone, counseling them, and just interacting with people, we're, we are all hiding in some way. Mm. We're all hiding. Some way. That's not to say that we constantly need to be trying to figure out each other's secrets and things like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, that there's always like layers of the onion that need to get peeled back. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then blame. <clears throat> blame is a, another thing. Right. And I think mm. it's interesting. So who gets blamed here? So the man's words are, the woman gave it to me. Mm -hmm. And then God's like, what's up with that, uh, Eve? And she's like, well, the uh, the serpent made right. me do it. The devil made me do yeah, it. The devil made me do it. And not mm -hmm. only are they blaming each other, right? But notice also what the man says, right? 
the woman whom you gave to be with me. Mm. <laughs> right. So there's mm-hmm. a little bit like which I, I think is even kind of present in like some of the you know, like this chapter gets a lot of uh, questions asked about it that like really have we don't have an- answers for in Scripture. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. you need to kind of be content with that. Um, but, you know, like, why would God put the tree in the garden? Right. Mm-hmm. Like that would be another way of like being like, isn't it kind of God's fault that mm-hmm. we're falling in? You know. Right. So, yeah. So something that got like so God made me do it. The devil made me do it. The other person made me do it. Mm-hmm. Blaming. Yeah. And blaming is just another form of hiding as well. Oh, just yes. push it. That's push it anywhere but me. You spoiler know? alert. That's a couple questions forward. Dang In the Ringwood it. sermon, Franey made that connection. And I thought that was I thought I had never thought of it that way. Mm. I actually like texted him when I read it when I was writing the guide and I was like, Good job with that. that nice, good Franey. Like, yeah, well done. Good, well, good job, Franey. Um, but before we get to that one, what are some ways that we hide from one another because of our sin? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like the, I, I like the point about when a parent knows that, you know, I think Ryan brought up, uh, Ryan Bates will brought up where the vase is knocked over and it's kind of brushed under the rug and mm. uh, that question of, you know, uh, who who did this or, or what is this? Um, you know, I think it's just uh, maybe even in my head, it's like, what are some ways that I'm not hiding? Cause I'm so used to <laughs> like, so used to hiding, so used to, you know, not being seen um, because of that fear of, you know, somebody's going to find this and, yep. and I'm not going to be loved or I'm going to be, you know, vulnerable is like just you're open to dangers. You yeah. know, you're, you're vulnerable to dangers of someone seeing it and, and not loving you. So um yeah. tons of ways to to hide around that yeah for me i i would add like where the temptation to like wear a mask and really like mm. curate your image in front of other people mm-hmm. um you know it's a form of hiding oh um, yeah it's a, definitely a, a form of covering your, your sin and your shortcomings mm-hmm. what about some ways that we try to hide from god because of our sin mm. yeah i mean it, it's so interesting because there uh there's a psalm that says like you know where can i go um, from your presence. So it is such a funny concept because there's no possible hiding right. from God. It reminds me of uh, Jonah where it's like he fled from the presence of the Lord and you're like, good, well, good luck with that. Jonah yeah. tells me how, tell me how that works out. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, there's, there's no hiding from him, but that's a fascinating thing is that, um, you know, we think that, um, yeah, that just our sin or our struggle and God cannot like, be together but god's with us in the struggle so it's like it's a weird concept where you know i've heard some friends say that they they have a picture of jesus next to their bed Mm. and they know that when they're doing something they shouldn't they turn the picture towards the wall (laughs) which is like (laughs) you know it's fascinating but that's what we want to do but there's just no turning Uh, god's eyes from us so it's just yeah. yeah 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 there's there's uh um yeah, I, I think, too, of, like, sometimes, like, I'll, I won't confess sin to the Lord mm. because, like, it's like if I confess it, I'm acknowledging mm. it, you know, and, but um, that doesn't last for very long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there's, it's just, it's futile, but we, we try to do that or not being honest mm. with your, with yourself even, mm. right? Because I, I need to acknowledge that before God and that this is something that I need to change if I, if I acknowledge it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. So just a lack of being able to be self-critical, I think. 
Yeah. If you can't do that, you can't bring it to God. Mm -hmm. If you can't be honest with yourself, you can't be honest to God. Yeah. Um, all right, so now here we go with, with Franey's lightning insight mm. uh, that uh, blame itself is a form of hiding because when we blame, we're trying to hide the truth of our own shortcomings. Can you give examples of how you've found this to be true in your life? <coughs> mm. um, I guess maybe it's a little bit of a broken record time, but like Chris and I, I will often talk about how like we get overly frustrated with our kids Mm. And, you know, it's their fault. If they weren't, you know, doing this, then I would have this response. Right. But really it goes beyond that, right? Mm. To where, like, we do something, we act inappropriately, and we act as if, like, the circumstances that someone else created made it inevitable mm. for me to feel this way or for me to think this way or for me to do this thing. Mm. Where, in actuality, we have a choice. We always have a choice how we're going to respond to, mm -hmm. to certain situations. Yeah, yeah, and I think for me, uh, one thing of blaming and hiding and stuff like that is I don't want to be staring right in the face of, oh, I'm not a partial sinner. Like I'm, yeah. like I have my even my desires. Like not only am I sinning, but I desire to be sinning more than I desire God. And and getting really in the face of that is is scary. So one thing I'll do is I'll jump to like a quick fix. Of like, oh, sorry, you know, uh, take, for example, the phone, you know, oh, sorry, uh, the phone, you know, if I just get my phone away from me, then I won't sin. Or if I just get this away from me, when it's just like, it's it's blaming and it's pushing away from like, wait, no, I need God to come into my heart and forgive me and like come into the whole command cent center of like my whole being yeah. and start transforming that. Which isn't to say that know? it isn't sometimes wise to put True. boundaries between you and your sin. True. And to say maybe I shouldn't have the phone here. Right. But yeah, I, your point is well taken, right? That mm -hmm. like, uh, it, but it's not as if the conclusion can then be drawn, oh, it's because I had this yeah. opportunity that I took it. Yeah, it's not, oh, Siri made me sin. It's, yeah, Siri <laughs> no, made me do uh, it. Yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, Hello, Curtis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, um, uh, next question is, is there someone you are blaming for your sin now and how can taking ownership of it bring you closer to freedom in Christ? Uh, mm -hmm. And there I'll just punt in and say, you know, that my perennial is issue with getting frustrated with my kids. Mm -hmm. um, so might be a, a, this obviously gets very personal, but, uh, you know, I think it's time, you know, good, good opportunity for honest introspection and sharing in your group. And this is obviously one of those things where what I always tell everybody, right, that you can expect the level of transparency with others that you are willing to give. Mm -hmm. So if you're planning on doing this question as a leader, uh, you should plan on how your response will be to it first. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, and, and, and then perhaps that will uh, create an atmosphere uh, in the discussion where people will feel um, um, comfortable with being with, with a certain level of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um Curtis, who are you blaming <laughs> for your sin right now? Besides yeah. me. Well, mostly Doug, but um <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh I think it's interesting cuz like there is some truth to, you know, introspection and saying like, you know, hey, what were some difficult things that I've been through in my life that have led me down uh different avenues, but that's different from blaming. So it's kind of mm -hmm. piecing apart that like, oh, hey, somebody did something to me and that was really hurtful and yeah. that that really, you know, I don't know, maybe it brought about a certain temptation or 
um, or it was really challenging. But but ultimately, it's not them that's to blame. Like yep. you know, God God's calling you to uh, navigate all the trials of life and and try to honor Him. You yeah, know, and that, so and that reminds me of like a uh, what might be a kind of a go to way to 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 think about this if you're having a hard time as to what to share. But like instances of uh, uh, withholding forgiveness, mm-hmm. what they did was just so bad to me that I can't forgive them mm-hmm. in my heart despite what Jesus tells me to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Next, next section of this is Genesis thir- three sixteen through 19. Curtis, would you like to read or would you like me to read? You know what? That's a, that's a short enough one. I'll keep at it. All right. Uh, 16 through 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing in pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband. Uh, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Uh, Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. Uh, By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. All right, I'm just putting my socks back on here because oh, my toes good. are getting cold. Uh. Um, and by the way, I have a little leader, well, two leaders' notes here, actually. So, one, we are purposely holding off verse 15 until the end of the study, so we didn't forget that one. We didn't forget the, uh, it's just that that ends us on a hot, nice high note, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, all right, I wanted to flag something here that, um, uh, both Ryan's mentioned in their messages, uh, but that might come up in your group. Um, and uh, I'm going to try to be brief about this. I'm just going to explain this in a, I explained it one way in the leader guide. Let me explain it here. Mm-hmm. So the thing that is said to the woman in verse 16, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Okay. There is um, debate as to how to translate that first part. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband. Mm. Okay. And it's complicated by the fact that the English Standard Version, which I think probably most of us are are going to use, unless you're Jordan and you like the, uh, what does he usually use? The NLT? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He something. does. Yeah. Yeah. But um, in the English Standard, and I'm not, I haven't looked at all the other translations to tell you what how they go with that. But, um, uh, the, it's complicated by the fact that the English Standard Version has been through several revisions itself. And so uh, this is something that was done in, the, in 2016. So if you're reading from an English Standard Version that was printed before 2016, yours will just say your desire is for, shall be for your husband. Uh, so now notice, notice the difference there. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband versus your desire shall be for your husband. Okay, mm. contrary to it immediately implies in the way it's translated that there's something wrong, that, 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 there's, that there's a wrong happening in the first part of the verse, right? Yeah, that what the right. woman is doing is disordered. Mm-hmm. Whereas for your husband is more open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Is it an appropriate desire for your husband or is it the kind of desire that we should, should be, right? Like some, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For versus right. contrary to are quite different. And, this the tricky thing is that the word that's used here for desire in Hebrew actually only occurs three times in the Old Testament. One is here, the next is in the very next chapter where God tells Cain sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is 
for you or contrary to you, but you must rule over it, which is clearly um, riffing off of this verse. It's mm. basically the exact same thing. Wow. But um, and so that doesn't really like it's it's hard Still and, foggy. and even there yeah. it's foggy right is it mm-hmm. contrary to or is it just sin is desire is for you like it's yeah it wants the, you, and there yeah. there there is a negative connotation mm. but do we say that simply because it occurs there with a negative connotation that it has a negative connotation here mm. the other place it occurs is in song of solomon seven eleven, where it's like um i am my beloved's and my de- my beloved's desire is for me mm-hmm which one might argue is closer even to the context of Genesis three here. What mm. is that right? Because it's a right. marriage relationship or it's wow. a, it's a love, it's a romantic relationship and there it's not negative. Mm. So that's what the issue is here. Mm-hmm. And, um, I purposely think that there's no good reason to think of it as negative here. Mm. I think I, I'd prefer to say your desire shall be for your husband. And you know what? Sometimes wives do that in a healthy way, and sometimes they do it in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. But then the second part of the verse uh, seems to me to be clearly a negative thing. He shall rule over you. He shall lord it over you mm-hmm. is kind of how I will paraphrase it often. Mm-hmm. But there's room for interpretive difference here. So just so that you know, <clears throat> there's a translational issue here. It could be desire contrary to your husband or desire for your husband. Um might not come up at all, but uh, yeah, but, yeah. But just flagging that for you guys. Yeah. Did my explanation make some sense? It would be weird if you say no, but please be honest. Yeah. No, I think it did. <laughs> I, I think it also like puts um puts into perspective like as as a leader, you could kind of walk in. Hey, I don't know all of the answers, mm-hmm. and um, let's talk about what this could be and and have a discussion about it. But there are some. Um, some verses that you could pin down like definitively mm-hmm. um, and get a really good grasp on it. But I think it's a very humbling thing to say, you know what? Like, I don't know. I, I, yeah. yeah, this is my best educated and, and guess. I think, but... and that's this is important because mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's just as important to say we don't know the answer right. than it is to say I know the answer. You yeah. know, sometimes that is more truthful and that's more healthy Yeah, totally. to not pretend that you know something that you don't. And I can't pretend that I know for certain exactly what is being described in this verse. Yeah. 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 yeah it is. Um, all right. So having yeah. said that, uh, when God present pronounces the consequences of sin in verses 16 through 19, notice that I call it the consequences rather than the curse, mm. because nothing here is explicitly cursed aside from the serpent. Mm. The ground is cursed, but the man and the woman are not cursed here. Mm. So I just don't use that word for this. I use the word consequences here. The consequences of the sin in verses 16 and 19, or through 19, obviously these are not all of sin's consequences, right? Mm. Why do you think these ones are singled out? For the woman, childbearing in marriage, for the man, working the ground. What in the context of Genesis might be the reason why these are the things that are singled out here by god mm. well right now my brain is doing what that little icon next to the question the is doing running in its wheel yeah yeah do so you, do you want me to take this one? Uh, yeah i would All love right. for you to take that one so i say like two things number one it affects their primary roles right mm. so the woman uh is the man's helper okay so the so she is uh not to say that the man that there's nothing inherent in man that needs woman, but like mm. the woman in terms of like the narrative of Genesis so far, right, is is created um, as his partner. So there's that relationship. 
And not only that, but also a partner in fulfilling the creation mandate to be fruitful and multiply. Mm. So childbearing and partnering with her husband in life is crucial to her uh, stated purpose in Genesis. And the man is created in order to work the ground. Mm. And so uh, his uh, his so it's 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 it, it relates to that. And then also kind of interestingly, it also relates to where it was, where they were taken from in mm. the narrative. The man is taken from the ground and the woman is taken from the man. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Which are probably related. Those things are probably related. The mm-hmm. idea of like primary function and where you're taken from. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the way that Genesis describes it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Cool. And there's a reason that one's a head question, right? It's kind of Oh, like, yeah. That'll just get you spinning. Like, yeah. yeah. But um, but if we do want to ask the question why these things, then that it does become an intensely practical thing to be able to answer. You know, why does the scripture single out these things? Mm. Um, so, what are some major causes of disharmony in marital relationships? Uh, How much time you got? Well, I mean, first <laughs> off, it's great that you brought somebody who's not married onto the onto the podcast. Yes, Curtis, <laughs> tell us this, yes, <laughs> mm. as you have observed. Yeah, well, okay, so, like, I mean, I, I think, obviously, very open-ended. You could talk mm. about finances, you could talk mm. about children, you could talk about a lack of Christ-centeredness in the home, which is probably the big one, right? Um, a lack of um, male leadership in the home, you could talk, talk about um, a uh, um, jealousy, you could th- talk about hiding, you mm. could talk about all right. kinds of things. This is a very, very open-ended question, um, uh, hopefully getting people to, like, reflect on their own on their own thing. I think uh, also, you know, another big one is communication break, break breakdown where, mm. you know, people are expecting one another to be mind readers. That's something that I encounter a lot in marriage counseling, mm. things like that as a pastor. Yeah. I think wow. it's cool to, you know, even just earlier to see God, God's vision for your marriage too. So in all of these mm. things that cause disharmony, yeah. be, be reminded, you know, as they start talking about it, like, the all-powerful God mm-hmm. has something greater in mind and has the power to to help your marriage yep. towards that, you know, so. Yeah, and so maybe another major cause is disalignment with that, mm. disalignment with God's actual purpose for your marriage. Mm. You know, our marriage is about uh, raising kids who do well in school and do lots of sports and have a nice house and uh, take nice vacations as opposed to our marriage is about glor- glorifying God, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how did the consequences of Adam's sin in verses 17 through 19 manifest themselves in your life? So the consequence, so here we're talking about work, of Mm. course. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think? So, and in fact, uh, there's a leader's note here. Um, this was a section contributed by Johan, who has been helping me, Johan Lee, um, and which, uh, he makes some good suggestions here. So what are some suggestions that Johan makes there in the leader's note that you see? So there's there's the obvious answers, such as terrible bosses, coworkers, failed ideas, all of that. Yeah. But that so so yeah so things external mm. to yourself, but then uh, there are deeper ways. And what do we see there? What mm. do we see there in the leader's note? We see, um, yeah, unhealthy ideas about work, workaholism, mm. resentment towards your work, laziness, greed, corruption. Um, exploiting and using others yeah 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 discouragement like just even how our minds are 
compartmentalizing what happened at work you know just those days you come home <laughs> and you're not. just like yeah you know, or nothing bad happens at work and yet your brain is just like oh this day stinks yeah. you know and you're yeah you can't turn so. it off yeah i know for me it just like um especially my mondays you know i just mm -hmm. get like the torrent i come to work and i'm like right, i gotta get this 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 done and then all of a sudden it's like and here's all these other things that need answers mm. and stuff and it's just like you just feel like you're buried yeah you know yeah. um mm. and you can become resentful towards people for you right. know, piling stuff on you which you know you really got got you have to guard that against that you know mm -hmm. um yeah I, I always try to think like Anytime I get a new task that's given to me by someone, um, it's not as if they see my to-do list yeah, and are like, yeah, you know yeah. what, let's No, they're just saying I have this need and I, I don't know who else to go to, you know? Mm. And so um, being able to think appropriately, I think, about um, about other people and their intentions. Again, people are not mind readers. They don't yeah. know. And yeah. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and sometimes it's just the nature of the job. It's mm -hmm. work is busy. Yeah. Uh, it's the effects of the fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, and you might notice that um, your ingenious uh, community group discussion guide writer uh, repeated that sentence. So, um, yeah. So don't don't uh, worry about a asking this twice. Mm. Just in case you're wondering, I'm not saying you need to ask this question <laughs> twice. Well, way to not hide. Way yeah. To come out and say it. <laughs> That's right. I have no fig leaves to hide behind with that one. All right. Um, now God's goodness to sinners. So let's read Genesis three twenty through twenty four. I heard you're a great reader. All right. Well, what movie is that from? Dumb and Dumber. Is it the the man called his <laughs> wife's name Eve, because he was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out to the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Okay, so that's a, a interesting fact. I think Franey mentioned this in his message. I'm not sure, but um, uh, movement east in, mm. in here in these early chapters of Genesis indicates movement away from the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of think, conceptualize it this way: uh, like later on in Israel's tabernacle and their temple, their entrance was on the east. And so if you're moving east, you're going away, away from, from wow. and if you're going west, you're going towards towards God. So I'm not saying there's some deep spiritual truth there as in like, I guess we got to all move east or, yeah. or no, I won't move west. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a problem being on the east coast. Therefore, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like that tends to be a, a symbol in some of these yeah. uh, holy space passages mm -hmm. of, of, of the Bible. Yeah. Okay. East of Eden. Yeah. So uh, the nakedness, which implied innocence and intimacy in chapter two, has now become a symbol of their shame. Mm. This is what they tried to hide. Here, God provides coverings for them to cover their shame. How does God cover our shame? Mm. Okay. By giving us clothing, of course. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Um, 
I mean, I think obviously like the big answer is, is in the cross of Christ Mm. that, that Jesus, there's no sin that Jesus doesn't take, take on. There's no sin that God doesn't accept us after if, you know, we are repentant and, um, and seek his forgiveness for it. Um, and so that's obviously like the, the major way, Mm. um, you know, and I, and I think in, in also enabling us to come back. Uh, um, you know, to, to fellowship, restore us to full fellowship with the church. So just giving that ex- us that example of, of the cross of Christ, um, we too are to follow that towards other people. So rather than constantly bringing up right. a wrong that someone has done, um, you know, we're, we kind of like the church thrives on the idea of putting that behind us. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, obviously there are situations maybe where like wisdom is called for in the future if, if somebody has demonstrated themselves untrustworthy in a way. Mm-hmm. But even then, like you need, you know, it's um, you need to exercise tact and wisdom and like not because you don't want to just constantly be bringing up sin that's been repented of. And yeah, things like yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah I, I think this is a cool uh, question, even for the leaders of, you know, us and all the way down. Are we a church that's marked of, you know, confidence in, in God's covering? Like, just are we um, people who say, like, who, who just, yeah, who have confidence in what the blood has done for us, what the blood of Christ has done for us, and um, because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So it's like, um, you know, do, do, does the way that you lead, does the way uh, that your groups run, sh- like, if someone were to look into it, would they say, wow, those people are really confident in the forgiveness of Jesus, you know? Yep. So, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the reason given in the text for their expulsion from the garden of Eden? And how is this a mercy? Yeah. I remember the first time reading that just being amazed. Cause I feel like I grew up in, you know, a Christian home and always going to church. And then when I started looking at, you know, you know, God's ways are so higher than us. So when I started looking at wait, God's not this, you know, oppressive, you know, (laughs) looking to smush me. And even in his, you know, pushing us uh, or or blocking us from the the garden is a way uh, of him showing us mercy because, you know, he doesn't want us to be um, eternally in that state. Uh, He wants um, his people to find that redemption. So Yeah, and you um, see that symbolized here in the fact that he says, lest they take from the tree of life and live forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I re- yeah, I remember like that was like a really moving moment for me where it was just like, wow, even from Genesis, like God was uh, had this plan in mind. Um, it's really cool to see the consistency of, of God yep. um, all throughout Scripture. Yeah, like it, it's a, it is a mercy that he doesn't, this is an indication that like, it's a little weird to think of like physical death as a mercy. Right. Mm. But Mm -hmm. like if my, you know, if if the theology presented to us in Paul, for example, of like our corrupted uh, body of sin, our corrupted flesh, which is still with us in a sense, even after we come to Christ, Mm -hmm. um, the idea that we have hope of being severed from that, that um, today, as I try to walk with Jesus, but also fail, you know, um, numerous times on any given day, um, the fact that I know that that doesn't have, that that's not going to endure forever and that Mm. there's something else on the other side of that 
is a, a huge mercy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, when has God's discipline in your life been an act of mercy? Totally. You know, it's that kind of lines up perfectly with the last one. Yeah, I just think about um, times when things in my life have, have become a, an idol. Uh, I remember in particular when I first started coming to Emergence, just uh, the way I describe it is like it felt like the hand of the Lord was heavy on me, mm. whereas like he was convicting me of like a lot of sin, and it was very uncomfortable. And I f- remember, you know, feeling like his gentle nudge towards, hey, you have to leave this stuff. And I remember leaving church saying, I can't, <laughs> you know, like yeah. almost like, hey, leave this and come back to me. And my response being, I can't. And every week being that. And then when God removes it from me, it's like, wow, something that I, I could never do myself. It's actually so, possible. Yeah, yeah. He he had to do it for me. And I'm so glad that he did, even though it was painful um, being removed from something that you just felt like you got so much meaning from and felt like, you know, you were so attached to and gave you so much worth and value, like God removing that as painful as it is, was actually the greatest thing that happened because now I'm attached to him and he'll never let me down. So, yeah. Yeah. I I remember uh, two quick stories here. So I remember when I was first being discipled, I would meet at the Red Barn in uh, Tawako. Oh, good one! Every Saturday morning with uh, Dave Gustafson, the guy mm. who was the uh, pastor over at the chapel. He was the singles pastor back then, just to <laughs> da- date myself a little bit. <laughs> and we would go through, uh, you know, we were going through like a navigator's discipleship guide. And I remember, you know, I was I was playing bass uh, at the band at our young adults group. And it was weird, like, what things I realized didn't even realize were, like, bad. Mm, mm -hmm. And, or I kind of did. um, And at any rate, we're talking, and I was like, yeah, I've been real convicted this week, uh, to be honest, Dave, that, like, maybe God doesn't want me smoking weed every day. Mm. (laughs) And he was like, what? You've been smoking weed every day and thinking it was fine? He's like, all right, listen. He's like, I'm not trying to judge you. But if you're going to be doing that, you're not playing in bass at the band anymore. And I was like, all right. And that was actually a mercy that, you know, he had mm. the um, the boldness to tell me that. Mm. And and uh, and that really, you know, is, you know, one of the major things that the Lord used to bring me out of just constantly being high, you know, yeah, and thinking yeah. that was compatible with my my life as a Christian. Mm. Um, this was last week. No, just kidding. This was, <laughs> this was like, yeah, this was yeah. 20 years ago, but more than you're 20 a, years, you're a young 23 adult, yeah. years ago. I was a young adult yeah. at the time, cool. not an old adult like <laughs> I am now. Um, another thing that story that like really sticks out to me, I remember there was a guy, John, whom I knew at seminary. He was, mm. uh, you know, we were in the married students housing and he's a great guy and a bunch of my classes with me. And um, he had like as part of his testimony um, just a lot of running from God mm. and partying and stuff like that. And the way that God got his attention was through a car accident, yeah. which took half of his hand. Mm. He had a totally unusable hand. And I think it was his right hand, if I remember correctly, like his good hand um, or his, you know, his favorite hand. Um, and uh, every time he'd shake my hand, he would put out that hand to be the one like you're constantly reminded of that. Like, mm. and it's like, and he's like, I thank God that this hand got lost 
because mm -hmm. that's what he used to turn me to myself. It was it was uh, for many years of running from him and knowing I was running from him. Mm -hmm. um, and my partying, I I crashed a car, lost my hand, and the and and um, the this permanent disfigurement now mm -hmm. is a permanent reminder that God loves me and does not will not leave me in my sin and mm -hmm. will do what it takes to get my attention. Yeah. You know, so like I, I that's uh, that that guy's that part of his testimony has always stuck out to me. Yeah. Um All right, now let's back up a little so we can end on a high note. Mm -hmm. Read Genesis 3:14 through 15. Oh. I got this one. All right. Okay. From the Reformation Study Bible. That's right. That's right. Get your reformer hat on. I got it. I'm wearing it. All right. Um, <laughs> the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Amen. You like my Re Reformation hat that I have on? Yeah. Can I take a picture of you wearing that? You can. He's got a pillow yeah. on his head. <laughs> Just to be completely honest, I'm doing this podcast with a pillow balanced on my yeah. head. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. So, uh, now before we um, ask, well, uh, yeah. Okay. I do have a leader's note in here about that. <laughs> so, despite popular opinion, nothing in verse 14 says that the serpent originally had legs. I just say this because it it's i'm not going to say it's inevitable that someone's going to bring this up in the group but someone's probably going to bring this up in your group and uh you know this is kind of thing like we all have thought at one time and you want to just uh be gentle but and i'm not saying like one way or the other hardcore but like if you think that you didn't get that from this verse it doesn't or you didn't get it from genesis that the serpent originally had legs i'm just going to say that hmm. all right um so and then um um and um, the, the, the serpent's fate, rather, is that he's cursed. And here's a fun fact. So remember how it called him the most crafty, the yeah. most aurore uh, beast of the field. Um, that, that the, um, or the, he, was, he was craftier than all the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made, right? Uh, the, the Hebrew term there is um, arum, okay? Mm -hmm. And I've noted how that corresponds to the Arome nakedness of the man and the woman, like that, that language is almost identical. Well, now here, the curse, the word for cursed is a roar. So you were a room crafty and now you're a roar cursed. Wow. Yeah. There's a, like a correspondence. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wow. That's a, uh, you're like, you really just took a minute explaining that? Well, no, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. There's, I mean, I just, I don't know. I always you're read, like, <laughs> oh, oh, wait, okay. what? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't understand Hebrew poetry or how uh, room yes, they yes, were. Yes, um, but no, that's that's pretty pretty cool. The the connection there. Yeah, yeah. and notice all, too more than all the other beasts of the field, just like it was craftier more than all the other beasts of the mm. field. It's mm. an identical expression there. Uh, so that's his fate. And his crawling on his belly and his eating of dust are indications of humility, despite his initial craftiness. And if I give you passages here um, where this same um, imagery is used, uh, uh, the eating of dust 
as a humiliation. So like Micah 7, 17, they shall lick the dust like a serpent, like the crawling things of the earth. Um, the, um, and um, yeah, so like there's this humility. And the nice thing about Micah 7, 17 is that's what you do right as you're on your way to repentance. <laughs> uh, they shall come trembling out of their strongholds. They shall turn in dread to Yahweh, our God, and they shall be in fear of you. Um, so that's like, you know, them turning the, the mm -hmm. other nations turning towards towards God. So, um, okay. Hmm. Um, uh, many people wonder about the identity of the serpent. Some suggest this is Satan himself. Others that this is mere, merely a mysterious talking snake that we never hear from again. Who would have thought that? Can you see something in verse 15 that might give us part of the answer to that question? Hmm. Can we see something in there? Hmm. Um... Well, let's see. I mean, I, I like the uh, the part at the end where, um, you know, you, you'll uh, bruise his heel, mm -hmm. but he'll he'll crush, he'll crush your, your head. Yep. Yeah. Or bruise head, bruise heel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and I think that's what the the, the <laughs> that's the answer that I in my mind think that other people will see that will come to. No so, way. So well, no. It's it's um essentially the idea that like. If this is just merely like some talking serpent or something, mm. right? Like it's very strange that it is he who will have perpetual enmity between him and the offspring of the woman. Mm. And then he will be the one who is defeated by the offspring of the woman, mm. right? So given that fact, we think like who is the opponent in scripture of whom these things are true. Now you might say that this is like the personification of evil and sin or animalification of it. Right. But, mm. um, it's something like that. It's, it's that this, there is like a, a cosmic evil that yeah. is represented in the serpent. And, um, I don't think it's beyond the bounds to say, and we name this cosmic evil Satan, mm -hmm. um, you know, this, this personified evil here. But yeah, so I think, I think the idea that like, this is the one th who will, there's like, it's not really as if we don't hear from him again, right? There's, right. there's conflict between his offspring and the woman's offspring and, um, and, um, and between the, 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 the serpent himself and the, um, and the, the ultimate offspring of the woman, not only that, but also notice, notice who the conflict is between in this, these verse. So in, in this verse, um, so the enmity is between the serpent and the woman, but then, um, and the enmity is also between the offspring of the serpent and the woman, but then it's not between the offspring and the ultimate offspring of the woman, Right. It's between the serpent again and him. Mm. So the serpent is the one whose head is crushed, not the offspring of the serpent. So mm. again, gotcha. um, you know, subtle, subtle things in the text that really point us in that direction, I think. Um, all right. Genesis 3.15 is the first glimmer of the gospel in the Bible. As Christians, we know that God eventually fulfills this promise in Christ. I always say reading the Bible as a Christian is like reading a mystery novel, having read the last chapter first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you were reading this without knowing that, how would you summarize the hope that is provided in this verse? In other words, what does hope look like thus far in the story of Scripture? Mm. Another metaphor we might think of is like a picture gradually coming into focus. Yeah, yeah. Something okay. I, I tell the 
the students and maybe you could correct me this is my first time telling you about it All right. but it's like a like a youtube video where it's kind of oh, uh man, very I can't watch youtube videos oh right dude I, I can I'm think making about you though, making so. you right. stumble no um so it's like very foggy at first because it's not rendering and then mm. come the you know when your wi-fi kicks in it's renders oh, yeah, fully yeah, and you're yeah. like oh okay like you kind of get what it's going to be um yep. and i think the one cool thing is that you get the sense that this offspring to come is going to He's going to get some bruises. You know, he's he's going to uh, – there's – It's not going to be just like a, yeah. a bloodless victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yep, yep, you see that. You see um, that it will be some – it will be a human being. Mm, it will mm-hmm. be – it will be um, – and, and I'll be frank. It's not that clear from this verse alone whether it's talking collectively about humanity or a single representative of humanity. Mm. I think like kind of like those, both those ideas are kind of um, in here. And it Mm. is obviously biblical to think of Jesus as like the perfect representative of humanity, the Mm. one who's untainted by sin. But yeah, Mm. so you get that idea here. So you might, do you think that they, you know, people, this is just a question, but like, let's say the nation of Israel do you think they might have, after reading that, had assumed that maybe us as a collective whole? Yeah, I mean, might... I, yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, the same kind of thing that you get with like the servant of the Lord in Isaiah, right? Mm. The servant is us. It's not some guy in the future, right? Mm. Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah. But you fail at being the servant of the Lord, so the guy in the future needs to come. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the idea. Cool. In fact, like it's interesting that this is in Genesis, right? Because what's one of the? In fact, the very name G- Genesis comes from the expression these are the generations of um uh yada 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 and then you get genealogies right so Mm. if you think about it Mm. this is the initial statement of hope for humanity and then what do you get so and so beget so and so and so beget Mm. beget so and so and so and so so you're thinking in terms of seed offspring and i think you know, if one way of like really helpfully reading scripture is kind of like playing dumb, like you've yeah, never read it yeah. before, you know, and you're like, oh, is this him? Is mm, is this the right, offspring? Right. Is this it? Is this it? And just every time it being like, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but that's 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 the idea here. The other yeah. thing that I'll note too is notice as 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 you, I guess riffing on what you were saying. Um, that it's not going to be a bloodless victory, right? right? But it will be a victory. So note that, like, it is true that the verbs in those two last clauses there are the same, because mm. some translations don't. Like, he gotcha. will bruise your heel, but you'll crush, crush his, his head. head. Yeah, yeah. I think that obscures the fact that that it's bruise and bruise. But the fact that the one is on the heel and the other is on the head gotcha. means, right, like Victory. that signals yeah. like who's victorious there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, maybe even with the, the image of of crushing the head of a serpent with a foot. Yeah. You know, yeah. although that's not really how it words it here, but mm-hmm. that's, yeah. While the serpent bites as kind of its last, like I'm yeah, always, yeah. You, ever, you ever like, you ever like be like, should I should I kill this bee with my hand? <laughs> right? like, yeah, yeah. Is he gonna sting me? I, I'll kill him for sure, but is he gonna sting me before? Yeah, I guess it's I guess it's that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. All right. Final uh, question: How does the promise of Genesis three fifteen help us in our struggle with sin? Mm. Yeah. Um. I I like even uh, uh, Ryan Bates was telling uh, that you know that's always such a helpful um phrase that jesus uses on the 
cross is it is finished yeah you know yep um like that was the the heel to the snake or the hand to the bee you know he took that um he took that bruise for us um and ultimately gave the the final blow to uh to satan to the serpent and so um and just knowing that in your struggle with sin right that jesus has conquered it and as a result, this is not going to destroy me. Yeah, yeah. And I ha- can have deliverance from this. And, and also that the struggle is natural, right? Mm-hmm. Like the offspring of the woman, I am that. Yeah. And yeah. I am struggling with the offspring of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, still, like it's not as if like something weird is happening to me, the fact that I struggle with sin still. Yeah. Although I should never be content with it, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. and knowing that it's not up to me. Yeah. Knowing that it is up to the ultimate offspring of the woman, that he's the one who conquers for me, and that's how I can have victory. Yeah. Yeah. And then knowing that you are redeemed. So um, I think you could get so focused in the vision of yourself that you see now or the vision of your marriage yes. yeah. or whatever you're seeing in yeah. the here and now, but you know, give it time and, and see what God grows in you. you know? I, I'm a failure. This, this thing is a failure, but no, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. the promise of ultimate victory. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that's about it. Let's uh, just hit on these points of prayer here. So mm-hmm. praise God for not leaving us dead in our sin to suffer the consequences of our rebellion without hope. Pray that God would show you what it means to have your sin and shame covered by the blood of Jesus and pray that God would help you to deal with the consequences of sin that you feel in your own life. Boom. Boom. All right. Well, that's it for the study guide portion of today's Do episode. Do I get seltzer? Oh, you get seltzer. All right. That's what I've been waiting now, for the whole I've been, time. Doing it at the end, though, has been a little bit weird because I've been taking it out of the fridge and then letting it sit, and then you don't really have a cold seltzer. You have, like, a seltzer that's been sitting for an hour. So I'm going to go and get it now. And I'm going to hit pause so that there's not like, you know, 30 seconds of dead time. Okay, now here I am, having just come back. You didn't even notice the passage of time. Nope. Yep. All right. So today, Curtis and I will be sharing this wonderful, well, possibly wonderful, Waterloo strawberry well, it's better than the last one i had for sure I, which was I, I'm the just last one that, that you had the, 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 the lychee oh, oh yeah the yeah you did the lychee with yeah me, right? oh that was a rough one that uh, was this nasty. one i believe Waterloo strawberry i believe my dad sent me in here like months ago with this yeah with the water it's, it's been sitting on my shelf so i would um you know what well let's give this a go i'm just a little bit more cautious of what i'm gonna say about shout it. out to bill thompson you know yeah all right Right, Let's see the, here. So here we go. Now, okay. Now, Did fair. You put this in he the gave. Microwave? He What's gave. Wrong with this <laughs> yeah, cup, the cups man. are like the thinnest plastic you could possibly okay. imagine. This is like drinking out of like a latex glove. Oh wow! Wait, this is gonna pour all over. My clothes. <laughs> oh man! Jokes on you, buddy boy. Wow, what is going do you on? Wanna, do you want to trade? No, because that one has belly button fuzz on it. That's right. That's not gonna stop me from drinking out of it. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? All yeah, right. So fair warning. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, this is not the only Waterloo that your dad uh, contributed. Okay. Or if, in fact, it was your dad. I think it was your dad. I yeah. think so. Um, and the other one was delicious. But I purposely saved this because I do not like strawberry drinks. Ooh, yeah, okay, okay. Okay. And But I like them more than I like kiwi strawberry drinks, which are disgusting. Eesh. That's a, a flavor that should not exist in humanity. But, uh, yeah, so this is the strawberry Waterloo. Let's zero get, sugar. Let's, let's get some smell on this. We shall. It doesn't Ooh. smell like there's zero sugar. 
You know what it smells like? Yeah. I, I don't like strawberry. Oh, I, I took a sip already. You can sip, sip it. What do you think before I sip? I'll it smells sip. great. I'll yeah, sip. it smells great. You like the smell. See, mm. I can't do the smell because I feel like I may have shared this before, but the artificial strawberry smell reminds me of mox, amoxicillin, the the um, the um, uh, antibiotic that I used to have to take for like ear infections and stuff. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So I just have okay, like well, weird connections. The words that you're using so far are not helping the taste. <laughs> uh, is that a part I'm of it? Just, putting my hey, I'm going to talk about here. earwax and you drink this seltzer. <laughs> and then let's, you know. That's right. All right. Mm. So give it a taste. Wow. Forget everything that I just said. Yeah, I, I am. And it's 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 fruity. It's It's good. Also, all this Eden talk is like, you mm. know. It is very fruity. That's this helping. is very flavorful. Yeah, this is this is a flavor I took blast. A, I took yeah. my sip like ten seconds ago. It's like I just took it. Yeah, yeah. It tastes like you're sinking the teeth, your teeth right into the strawberry. Without those, what are the, like the little dots on a strawberry? Seeds aren't those seeds? Those little guys? Yeah. Those little things on. Yeah. Wow. Those are seeds. I mean, that's I crazy. think that's a lot I, of seeds. I think like what, that's a lot. Leaders text me if I'm wrong about that, but I think those are the strawberry seeds. Wow. Not even on the inside. Yeah, so the seeds are on the outside. What a fascinating fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is exactly, tastes exactly like I expect it to taste. Tastes like um, a strawberry candy. I will say that the aftertaste kind of does taste like genuine strawberries. (laughs) You know what I picked up from ShopRite? Yeah, that was was totally me. Yeah. you know what I picked up from ShopRite the other day was pine berries. Have you seen these? No, I haven't. They're like white strawberries hmm. that taste like strawberry light. And they have a little bit kind of like the texture of like a peach. You know what, Doug? I'm on yeah. to you. I feel like every time I'm on this podcast, you're talking about ShopRite. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I do my shopping. What can I say? I kind of like live. It's like my home away from home. You know what? Shout out to Stop and Shop. All right. I don't have any Stop and Shops in my vicinity. No, well, I mean, I love ShopRite, too. I'm just saying, I've let's gone, spread the love here. I think all I've got is ShopRites you know? in my area. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got a Walmart. I got a really nice Walmart near me. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, Who so, doesn't, man? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, the full grocery thing. You know, like, anything you need. Yeah, yeah. I think that's every Walmart. Okay. <laughs> Never mind, you son of a gun. All right. Uh, um all right so all right um what are you giving this one out of five bubbles i gotta give it a 4.3 and what you know and it's 4.3 it's from my dad to a level of granularity we haven't hit before 4.4 round it off 4.4 okay that's that's still rounding to four yeah you gotta get can you give it the four and a half at least you know what i just don't want to introduce this as precedent oh okay 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. I'll give it that. You know, thanks, Dad. That was a good seltz. All right. I'm going to say that this is probably like the best strawberry drink I've ever had. But again, I don't really like strawberry drinks. Yeah. Unless right. they're like, like it's literally like a strawberry smoothie or something like that. Mm. So I'm going to give this, again, It's I can't get over my dislike of strawberry drinks. Don't do it, man. So I have to give it a two. Don't do it. You it's gave it good, the it's got good a two. It's if you like strawberry drinks, then I could see this easily being a four. Wow. But uh, I can't, you know, I'm just going on taste and I just can't like, you know, I can't. I Like, just, it's a very, the aftertaste is very nice. You know, You're the second nice, this like, podcast is over, I'm leaving this office. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
All right, so we're going to average it out. and um, Called a three-point-something, whatever. Does that make it like a 3.5 or something like that? Uh, yeah. No, something, we're math something. wizards here. Let yeah. me pull out my calculator. Nope. So it's around that. So if you like strawberry drinks, this is a very good choice. Yeah. Waterloo and Strawberry. Waterloo is a great name, too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, it is. It is, it is a good name. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, and I hope this was helpful to you. It was a joy for us. And we will catch you next time. God bless. Bye-bye.